What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. If you're a developer who would like to participate in our Spotlight interview series of special episodes, please reach out through any of our channels. We would love to hear from you. And we're now on YouTube. So if you or someone you know prefers to listen to shows on YouTube, please recommend them Found Bites GRS on YouTube. All of our episodes will be available as thumbnail videos with audio synth animations, but we'll also be putting up the videos of the interviews we've done so far, as well as some other exclusive content. So check it out. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Severed is the game for this week's episode. Severed is a first-person action-adventure game. This game is super unique. It takes a lot from first-person puzzle games like The Witness or The Room series. Definitely a lot of Zelda, old-school Zelda, dungeon crawling. And touchscreen games like Fruit Ninja are really um, emanated here in this game. Severed was originally released in April of 2016 on the PlayStation Vita. And then in September of 2016 on Wii U, iOS, and 3DS. And I believe there was cross-buy between 3DS and Wii U. And then finally in August of 2017, it came to Switch. So a lot of older consoles, but it is available on the Switch. The game was developed by Drinkbox Studios. And they're known for the Guacamelee games. And most recently, Nobody Saves the World, which I'm hearing nothing but good things about. The game was published by Drinkbox, so self-published. And the game had some physical releases. Play Asia did a Vita limited edition that was released in August of 2018, and that came with a soundtrack and some art books and stuff like that. And then Limited Run did a Switch standard edition, and that was released very recently in May of 2023. So a big gap between those, but Limited Run coming in with the Switch port. The game was released with a price point of $14.99, originally and the limited run games standard edition was released for $34.99 and the play asia limited edition was also $34.99 which is crazy because it came with a lot of extra things so if you were able to get your hands on that i think there was only maybe 3,000 copies of that limited edition for vita runtime of the game you could probably blaze through this in about five to six hours but if you're kind of taking your time backtracking getting some of the extra things it could be anywhere above eight maybe ten if you're really taking your time and the game does have a platinum trophy on vita and 19 percent of people who played it got that platinum trophy i'm aiming for it but i don't know if i'm gonna get it 
So me, I'm playing this on Vita, if you didn't realize, and I bought it full price for $14.99. And I've put in about four and a half hours. I'm in the middle of the second dungeon. There are three main dungeons and then I think a final dungeon. And this game was recommended to me for a long time by Colin Moriarty on Sacred Symbols a PlayStation podcast. He was a champion of the Vita for so many years, and this was one of the games that he cites as being one of the best on the console. Alright, let's talk gameplay for Severed. So, like I said, this is a first-person view, so you're going to be moving and kind of turning with the joystick, but not moving the camera. And a lot of touchscreen options. You're going to be picking things up, tapping things, swiping things. But let's talk about just basic progress in this game. So you're going to be moving room to room and sometimes through hallways. And like I said, you can kind of move forward, you can turn, but it's all going to be on the same joystick. So if you're moving it to the side, you're turning, and then if you're just moving forward, you're, you'll are you be able to go through a doorway or further into a hallway. And it's very reminiscent of the old like Windows screensaver, the one that has like the brick wall. If you're as old as I am or older, you'll know exactly what I mean when like the screensaver comes up and and something's just traversing through this kind of brick maze. And most of the rooms that you find yourself in will have like four sides to it. Some of them are shaped like a square on the map. Some of them are shaped like circles. But it'll have like at the most four different directions that you can look in. Although you don't have to like stop at those. You can just keep moving and turning. And so you'll be using that mini map that's in the top right corner to kind of see all the possible ways. And you'll be walking through doors or doorways Uh, There might be gates that you have to unlock. There might be doors that you have to unlock and grab a key. There'll be levers that you have to pull. There might be portals that you're going through that transport you to another place. So pretty much basic traversal in terms of like the first person view and how you would get through this. And there's going to be a lot of interactions that you have with things on the screen. So like I said, it is a touch screen. So when you're looking around in a room, there may be things that you can tap to kind of pick up, drag, or or pull on. Like I said, there are levers. And you're going to be swiping at things. Some of the things that you might pick up might be health items. They might be upgrades. And you might have to tap the screen to like consume them. Um, and there's a really cool mechanic for that. But swiping at the screen is basically that you're attacking with a sword. And so there are a bunch of things that you can attack. So pots are going to be a big thing. And these are going to house a lot of crafting materials. They may also have hazards in them, depending on how they look on the outside. But you'll be breaking pots. There might be blockages in front of a doorway. There might be switches that you need to like swipe at or hit um, and kill, because they might be living things. And of course, enemies in battle. This is going to be a main thing that you're doing with your swiping and attacking. 
And so let's jump into talking about battle. So as you're progressing through the game in this first person view, you're walking through doorways and you may find that you come across something that's kind of impeding your path and it's like this black and white flame. So this is indicating that there's going to be a battle here. Pretty much unavoidable every time it's like blocking your path where you need to go. And so you have to beat the battle. You have to kill all the enemies in order to move forward. And the way it works is you'll start a battle and then it'll introduce kind of each enemy that's in this battle. And it could be anywhere from one enemy to four enemies, although some special battles have like eight. And so basically the enemies surround you. And because you can turn and move the joystick to turn your view in a circle, they're going to be like surrounding you. And sometimes these enemies are all going to be the same, especially early on. Sometimes you're going to get different enemies. You might get battles that have four different enemies, and those are kind of tough because you have to manage them differently. But different from when you're not in battle, you can only face one enemy at a time. And anytime you hit over with the D-pad or the joystick, you just go to the next enemy in line. And it displays their icons at the bottom of the screen, like where they are, in what order. So once you're in battle, you're kind of facing them and dealing with them in real time. And what's interesting is at the bottom, around their icons, there's a yellow meter that will start to fill. Some of them will fill quickly, some of them not so quickly. And what this is communicating to you is that when the meter is full for a particular enemy, they're going to attack you or they're going to do something. And so what you have to do when you're in battle is sort of manage all of the enemies at the same time and keep their meter down or if they're going to attack, prepare and counterattack. And so what you can do on the touchscreen is you can attack enemies with your swipe. You can just swipe on the screen. Again, very similar to something like Fruit Ninja. Or you can block an enemy's attack with like a counter swipe. So when an enemy's meter is full and they're going to attack, if you move the screen onto them, you'll see like one of their limbs or you'll see something kind of get ready to attack. And then you, what you have to do is counter swipe in order to block that attack. And then that'll reset their attack meter. With a lot of these different enemies, placement and direction of your swipes is going to be very key. If enemies are kind of wide open, you can just swipe willy-nilly but a lot of them are going to block with things or be kind of concealing themselves in a certain direction. And you have to adjust and swipe opposite that direction or swipe in a way that you're hitting their vulnerable spots. And so there's going to be a lot of variety. There's some basic enemies that are just like these balls that have four arms. And whenever their four arms are up, you can swipe in the middle. Um, but then sometimes they'll like close off or conceal themselves and leave like one part of them so that you have to swipe in a very specific direction to hit them. But all these enemies are going to have unique weak points. Like I said, they're going to be shielding them in certain ways. And if you hit them in a way that is not hitting their weak point or is hitting where they're blocking, you're going to kind of bounce off and the screen will shake a little bit. So it's kind of telling you that like that's not a good strategy. You're not hitting them, and you're also kind of wasting time because the meters of other enemies might be going up while you're dealing with that. And there are really two types of swipes that you can do. You can do short kind of quick swipes back and forth, like if you're doing Fruit Ninja and trying to hit a lot of fruit. Or you can do long swipes, and long swipes actually do more damage, um, but you can obviously only do less of them. So depending on the context of how the enemy is physically situated, you might not be able to do back and forth short swipes. You might have to do long swipes, um, and it might be better because you're still doing a lot of damage. As you swipe at enemies, your focus meter is going to go up, and if you do a lot of swipes in a row, your focus meter will actually charge a lot quickly, and the game tells you this. 
So if an enemy is wide open, you want to hit it with a lot of short swipes back and forth because it'll power up your focus meter. And what your focus meter does, if you deplete an enemy's HP and kill them when your focus meter is full, you're going to have the option to sever that enemy. And it's going to be different for each enemy type, but basically there'll be like a slow screen once the enemy is dead and the enemy will kind of be like kind of spread eagle or like in a vulnerable position and there'll be these swipe lines along some of their limbs or in very specific body parts where you'll have a very short amount of time to swipe where these lines are and if you do you'll sever off some of their limbs or some of their body parts and this is going to be very important because you'll need to pick up these once the battle is over and you'll be able to use them for upgrading your character. So the battle tutorials for this, for severing, and just for dealing with enemies in general is really good. I like the pacing of it, and also when new enemies come about and they have like new mechanics or new things that um, need to be severed, I like how quickly these are introduced or how frequently, and a lot of them are going to be variations of older enemies, but with kind of new mechanics or new caveats that make it a little more challenging. I think that battle in general can get pretty tough like halfway through the game I like this challenge the spike and challenge especially if you have like four different enemies and they're like very tough enemies so you have to manage them but you will get different upgrades and powers that can help you deal with them but I also feel this way about the bosses the boss fights in this game are a lot longer than normal battles but I like their nice mechanics. They have like different phases. And I, again, think it's a really good challenge. I think this game does really well with its unique battle system. And I really do enjoy it. If you don't get to an enemy um, when their meter is up, they will just attack you and your health meter will go down. If your meter goes all the way down, you will die and it will reset you, but just before the battle and with full health. So there's really not a major consequence to dying because you can just kind of try again where that battle is. But there might be a situation where it puts you back before like a sequence if you have to go through uh, like a tough sequence of battles. So let's talk about you and your character. So we talked about health and you do have an HP meter and eventually you'll get a mana meter for doing uh, special power attacks. And both of these are upgradable because in traversing through this game, you might find pieces for an upgrade. So uh, much like in Zelda, getting four pieces for a heart, you have to get five pieces for a hit points upgrade and five pieces for a mana upgrade. Um, and I've gotten multiple of each so far, multiple full upgrades. And these will be available just kind of in the wild as you go through. You might have to like solve some puzzles or like pull some levers or stuff like that to open it up, but you will find a lot of these. You will get powers. And these are from beating bosses in dungeons. And these powers are going to give you specific uh, battle options, which is when your mana meter comes in. But also, um, this will open up different exploration options and like allow you to go through optional places that have uh, certain insignias for that power. And then there's upgrades. And so this is linked to when you sever enemies and pick up parts. So in the menu, once you start to get some of these severed parts, you'll notice that there's like a skill tree that opens up. And what happens is you can use these parts to upgrade your character. And some of these upgrades might be like up a certain percentage of your slash damage, up a certain percentage of damage reduction, up a certain amount of mana regen, things like that. Uh, you know, just basic role-playing things. Now, what's important is that the parts that you get severed from enemies do matter. So in the early going, you're going to get a lot of limbs that are just like arms. 
and these are going to be uh, specific ones required to upgrade some of your basic things. But then as you get further in the game, you'll get other things. You'll get like eyeballs, you'll get bat wings or things like that. Um, and anything that is classified in those categories, like arms or wings, will just go into those pools. You'll also pick up a lot of giblets. And these will be found a lot in the pots that you break just as you're walking through the dungeon. And as you get further along, you'll do an upgrade that allows you to convert giblets to any different part that you have. Giblets are not going to be used specifically for upgrades, but you're going to find that as you're exploring and breaking a lot of pots, you're going to find a lot of them. So at certain points, I had like 100 or 200 giblets, and then I can exchange them for arms or exchange them for eyeballs in the menu. But what's interesting is that there's sort of an exchange economy, like the most common ones are going to be arms. And so one giblet can get you one arm and I can get 10 arms if I have 10 giblets. But then some of the later things like eyeballs or wings, they might be more rare. And so they might cost more giblets, like a wing might cost like eight or 10. So it's all about that exchange economy. And you'll see that right in the menu uh, as you start to upgrade and use them. That creates sort of this mechanic and this loop of you need to sever enemies in order to get these parts to really upgrade, hence the name of the game, Severed. Um, and I do like the synergy of that. And it really gets you to be in tune with the battle, getting your focus meter up and severing enemies, as well as you know looking around the environment, trying to break pots and see what might be in them, whether it's giblets or other uh, severed parts. In terms of progressing through the game, it's fairly simple. The map is pretty simple. It's just like these connected rooms. It almost looks like a game board, but it goes wherever the map goes. There are paths that branch from this hub, which is basically your home. And those three paths are just going to the three dungeons. And so there's not many other places to go other than there. But once you go into a dungeon, there are a lot of things on the map that will help you in terms of indicators like doors, whether they're locked, whether they're a specific color, uh, levers if they're in a specific room, stairs that go to different levels. There are different levels on the map and you can go up and down a level, uh, much like a Zelda map. And so you can really kind of plot your way through. It is super linear and super closed off. But once you're on the map, you can really traverse at your own will. And so once you get some of these powers, you'll find that you might do a little Metroidvania backtracking into older dungeons where it's like, oh, there's this insignia on the wall here. I need to go there because now I have that power and I can open up a special way and maybe get like a health upgrade or something like that. But the dungeons in general are just like extensions of the map. It's not like you're going into... Uh, a whole new map that works a whole different way. It's just like off a path from your hub and it's like, okay, you're going to go into the crow world or the this world or something like that. Um, and it's just a continuation of the map. But the dungeons are pretty self-explanatory, very Zelda-inspired. There's some light puzzling for unlocking extra things. There's a lot of levers, like we talked about, finding keys to do certain things. And so the basic cycle that you're going to get into in this game is you'll go into a dungeon, you'll delve, you'll maybe get some upgrades, you'll beat a boss, and then you'll get a power from that boss, and that'll allow you to unlock uh, certain things on the map, but also the next dungeon.
All right, let's talk about the vibe of Severed. So let's start with the setting and the themes. So the world is kind of barren. You live in this small village, but you don't really see a lot of people. You're kind of isolated in the woods. But the idea is that some evil came and like wiped out all the people, including your family. Like your basic quest here is to find your family. You're assuming that they're in these dungeons. But also you as a character, uh, you lost your arm. And so the basic premise here is that you found like this sort of living arm sword and it's attached itself to you. And it's really interesting. There's a lot of like looking in mirrors, uh, whether it's like looking at your family in a photo or looking at yourself and what has happened to you. There's some strange NPCs in this game. There's only like two or three, um, but they're just very odd and the idea of magic and you don't really know what's going on. There's like this magic that you're not really familiar with. But the NPCs in general are just very odd the way that they look at you. And also the way that you look in the mirror. Um, there's something kind of harrowing about like these dead stares that you get. I vaguely feel like there's some roots in mythology here. Whether it's with the bosses or where you're traversing. Reminds me a lot of like Hellblade. Like some Norse mythology. Especially because one of the bosses is like a crow. Um, not that it's exactly like Val Raven, but there's a lot of like illusion uh, and whatnot. So I just kind of got senses of mythology. I don't think it's really based in anything. There's this theme of like living environment. So some of the doors are like living things that need like to eat something that's a key. There are these active switches that you need to extinguish in some of these dungeons and they might be like causing harm in a particular area so you have to run and find them and then like kill this thing the idea of severing obviously the game is called severed we talked about uh, the gameplay but it really kind of sticks to that in its simplicity and i like games that do that like this is a game called severed you're going to sever things and your character is severed in different ways their arm is severed they're severed from their family um, so I like when themes are very simple and really link up like that. Visually, this game is super colorful, and it looks like colorful construction paper, the way that characters are put together or environments. Um, and I really like that. We've talked about that with games like Dicey Dungeons, uh, and that visual is very simple. But there's a lot of living movement, whether it's in the environment, whether it's in you, whether it's in NPCs. Things are constantly fidgety. We talked about the characters being just odd. There's just a lot of oddity in general. Like, things just kind of sitting there. Whenever you look at something, like, you just feel like there's something going on or there's something not quite right, but it's just very simple in how things are placed. The idea of body parts and features, obviously you have to sever things from enemies, but I think that lends itself to, like, really accentuate or detail a lot of things. Like, enemies will have big eyes or, like, detailed limbs that look very particular ways. Um, and that's because you're going to sever them or pick them up. Um, so the game is really fixated on body parts and limbs. A lot of the structures and sort of the walls of buildings give you like some kind of ancient civilization vibe, like Aztec or, or something like that. Um, it doesn't really specify or anything like that. And I enjoy the ambiguity of that. And very ominous environments in between all these dungeons. You're going to be running through the woods and it can be kind of chilling because you can see these trees very, very clearly, but you can kind of look through and there's like nothing really there. And in terms of audio, I think the vibe is constantly captured with the audio. If you're in the woods, like whenever you leave a building and you go into the woods, it immediately gets quiet and you hear like more ambient kind of harrowing sounds. Um, when you're in a battle, it is more dire. I, I'm reminisced a lot of Aragami in the soundtrack there. And I think that this is very similar here in the way that it captures the feels. 
Sound effects are really important, like breaking pots. You really hear those. When you eat a fruit, so like you'll go into a room and if there's a fruit in there, um, you can tap it, like pull it off the tree, and then you have to keep tapping it and you like eat it and you see bites being taken out of it. It's really interesting how that happens, but the sound effects really play an important role of kind of getting that feel across. All right, let's wrap up the conversation about Severed. I think this is a really great game. It's very simple. I do apologize because it is limited with its platforms. If you're somebody that owns a Switch or even owns a Vita, this is really good. It's like a touchscreen game, but it's not something that I would say is like a mobile game, even though it is available on iOS. It's a short adventure. It's great for like just a bite-sized, really good adventure game. Really challenging battles. Bosses are really good. I like the upgrade depth and just picking up a lot of these uh, upgrade materials and the economy there. And a lot of the extras in the game, like finding upgrades uh, for your health and your mana. It is touchscreen heavy. There were a couple times where my one hand was cramping because I was using the Vita. Although I do have like a Nyko charge controller thing that I think would make it easier. But I'd be interested to see how this feels on the Switch. Maybe it's better on your hands. But I find it super innovative. I'm not somebody that is big on touchscreens, but I think the gameplay is really innovative. And it really ties into the lore and the story, like Severed being the thing. I I really think it's just a a unique game. There's some good puzzling. There's a lot of escape room-esque type things. If you're someone that likes games like that, like The Room... You might enjoy that, although you might find some of the battle mechanics to be a bit challenging. In terms of value, I think $15 is perfect for this game, and the value that you get from it, it's well spent. Uh, You're not going to find it on sale on Vita anymore, but I have seen it on sale a lot on Switch. And so if you ever see it on sale on Switch and you own a Switch, I think it's an absolute no-brainer. I've seen it for like six bucks at times. That is an insane value for this game, where it's a really nice experience, it's quirky, it's odd. It's a bit of an ominous game, and I really highly recommend this game, so play it. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.